Our Bible reading for this morning will be from the letter to the Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 1. And let's go ahead and read the chapter from beginning to end. Ephesus is Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, to the saints who are at Ephesus, and to the faithful in Christ Jesus, grace be to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ, according as he has chosen us in him, before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestinated us unto the adoption of sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, through which he has made us accepted in the Beloved, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace, in which he has abounded towards us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known unto us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure which he has purposed in himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of times he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in him, in whom also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestinated according to the purpose of him who works all things after the counsel of his own will, that we should be to the praise of his glory who first trusted in Christ, in whom ye also trusted after ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after ye believed, ye were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise, who is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession unto the praise of his glory. Wherefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and love unto all the saints, cease not to make thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, might give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that ye may know what is the hope of his calling, and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe, according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ, when he raised him from the dead, and set him at his own right hand, in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come, and has put all things under his feet, and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Amen. I think it would be very appropriate for me to thank the government for the fact that we have electricity. And it is now the third Sunday in a row. <laughs> third Sunday morning in a row that uh, we get to enjoy uh, the air conditioners. Uh, the uh, air conditioners before that... Uh, there was a streak of a different nature, <laughs> the opposite nature. And uh, so we're glad whatever, uh, whatever uh, we can uh, 
benefit from the ACs Maikono Basmanza Maikono Basmanza we like to keep everything on uh, in terms of the ACs if possible uh, because you know there is this possibility that it might be cut oh ye of little faith <laughs> uh, and so you know, if you get the place cool, sometimes you just say, uh, keep it cool in case it gets cut so that the cool will last. Now, you have to remember that if you're sitting somewhere where the AC is really hitting you directly, all right, always possible to move to another place, all right, uh, another place. There are some spots of one kind, another, other spots of uh, another uh, kind. Our reading was from Ephesians chapter 1, verse 18. Uh, Paul says, I am praying that the eyes of your understanding be enlightened. I pray that your eyes will be uh, opened. Uh, think with me, let's say, of the city of Babylon of old. The Bible describes it as the beauty of the Chaldees, uh, uh, as the beauty of the Chaldees, Zinat wa Fakhir al-Kildaniyin. And people talk about the seven wonders of the ancient world. One of them was the hanging gardens of uh, Babylon, a city filled with beautiful buildings, great palaces. Nebuchadnezzar, of course, was proud of what he had accomplished, Daniel chapter 4, in, uh, uh, in building uh, the city. Now, how much would that beauty mean to me if I happened to be blind, if I could not see? Whether it was the city of Babylon or the beauty of some mountain or valley or seashore, it wouldn't mean much to me if I could not see. What is the condition of the natural man with regard to spiritual things? It is a condition of blindness, an inability to discern, an inability to understand, an inability to be aware of spiritual things, not just their beauty, but perhaps even their reality and their existence. We do not have that ability uh, by nature. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 4 that the God of this world has blinded the minds of them who believe, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. In Ephesians chapter 4 and verse uh, 18, uh, Paul uh, says, regarding those who do not know the Lord, that they have the understanding darkened. They are alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart. Because of the blindness of, uh, of their heart. It's interesting that he says the blindness of their heart. You see, blindness, we usually think of blindness of the eyes. But we're talking about not physical things. We're talking about spiritual uh, uh, things. Going back to chapter 1 and verse uh, 18, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened. Uh, the eyes of your understanding. Uh, some people uh, would render this 
that the eyes of your heart, blindness of the heart, chapter 4, verse 18, that the eyes of your heart uh, uh, being opened, uh, being opened. Heart is, of course, not a reference to pump, 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 all right, uh, uh, the organ in our chest. Uh, the Bible says in Proverbs 23 and verse uh, 7, uh, that as he thinks in his heart, as a man thinks in his heart, so uh, is he. The center of our being, the center uh, of our thinking, the center uh, of uh, our emotions, and uh, the center of our will, uh, uh, of our uh, decisions, you might say. And by the way, by the way, this is the way people speak. It's not just some kind of special uh, biblical language that we have to become accustomed to, you know, like, like lawyers, you know, the, the way that sometimes legal language, you really need to uh, focus and, and, and keep track of it to have any idea, the least idea of what's going on. Uh, people say, oh, so-and-so has a broken heart. What do they mean that he has a broken heart? Do they mean that someone took his heart out of his chest and, and somehow changed it into glass and then dropped it? And, you know, he has a broken heart. But people say that. Uh, they say concerning someone who loves somebody else, he has given his heart to that person or perhaps to a particular uh, cause. Uh, uh, cause. Uh, people say, I felt in my heart that he wasn't saying the truth. You felt in your heart, bump, 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 bump. Of course it's not that. So people speak this way. It's not just the Bible and we have to somehow adapt to something that is uh, unusual. The eyes of your understanding, the eyes of your heart being opened, uh, that you would know uh, some things which you're not going to know naturally. You're not going to know through your natural uh, senses. Uh, your natural senses. Uh, what does it say in Matthew 5 and verse 8? It says, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. For they uh, shall uh, see God. Now, keep in mind, Paul is speaking to uh, believers. Uh, Paul uh, is saying, I am praying for you believers, that the eyes of your hearts may be opened and here the question can be asked, haven't the eyes of believers already been opened? And the answer is yes, no doubt the eyes of believers have already been opened so that they will see their sinfulness and understand their need for a Savior. And to know that the Savior is none other than the Lord Jesus Christ, God in the flesh, who died in our place for our sins and rose again. But believers in Ephesus... I want you to do what? I want you to see better and better. In life, we do experience weaker eyesight at certain points. Uh, at certain points. I can tell you, I was in denial for quite some time. No, no, I'm not going to wear reading glasses. I'm not going to wear reading glasses. And then I remember someone who, who helped me out, told me, here, take. He had some, uh, some glasses, uh, some spare glasses that he was uh, giving out to people. And he told me, he told me, listen, you're 50 years old. This is the time. <laughs> this is the time <laughs> uh, when uh, the reading glasses become uh, necessary. Uh, so, uh, 
the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, they are already believers. But I think we can understand this as saying, I want you to see better. I want you to see uh, better. Now, naturally, it's the other way around. But, you know, some other things happen. You know, there are some people who say, I don't want to wear those glasses anymore. So what am I going to do? I'm going to have that, uh, what is it, laser surgery, uh, whatever it may be. And all of a sudden, I see better. Other times, I've known people who have had uh, cataracts. uh, And then they had the cataract removal surgery. Uh, I remember someone who was a member of the church some time ago, he said, wow, colors! (laughs) For some time, there were certain colors, maybe many colors, which which he hadn't been seeing, which he had not been seeing, and he needed to see better, and and by virtue of the operation, he did. Uh, 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 He did. Uh, I want your eyesight to be better. I want your perception to be stronger. Uh, to be stronger. Remember what the psalmist said. Psalm 119. No question we're talking about someone who is a believer. What does he say? He says, open my eyes so that I may behold wondrous things out of your law. So we are not to understand this as if, you know, the psalmist, the writer of Psalm 119, therefore had his eyes closed when he said that but rather that he wants his eyes to be opened more and more. Uh, More uh, and more. Uh, So that we will see things uh, uh, clearly. Uh, uh, So that we will see things uh, uh, better. uh, better. Uh, You are the children of the light. You are the children of the day. You are not of the night and not of the darkness. Right? And one of the things that characterizes the time of light, the time of day, is that it is the time of clearer vision. Uh, uh, clearer vision. So I want you, I want you to see uh, better. I'm praying uh, that you would see more and more. That you would see. That you would see the hope of his calling. Uh, Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 18 the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his uh, calling. The word hope refers to things which are yet to come. Yet to come. Part of the message of the gospel has to do with that which is yet uh, to come. People who are not saved... They don't see at all. They don't see that this message is the difference between what? Between an eternity with God or an eternity away from God. They don't see and understand that this message is the difference between an eternity in heaven or an eternity in hell. The message of uh, the gospel brings with it great benefits in the future. As someone has said, the retirement plan is out of this world. (laughs) Uh, In this world, uh, in this world there are cheats and frauds. In almost every area of human endeavor, you will find some people who are dishonest. uh, Who are dishonest. And 
with regard to money, with regard to this country, for instance, <laughs> but other places, all right? Someone shows up and tells you, give me $10 now, and I'll give you $20 tomorrow. People make promises of this kind, and other people believe them. And at least some of the time, turns out to be fraudulent, turns out to be false, turns out uh, to be uh, deceptive, uh, turns out to be uh, theft and robbery. Now, with regard to God's word, what has been promised, what has been promised vis-a-vis -vis the future, is something that we can accept with confidence. Is something that we can think of uh, with trust. This is reflected in the Bible with the word hope. And the word hope does not have in the Bible this uh, kind of wishful thinking element uh, to it uh, that sometimes is there in our current uh, usage. Uh, we're speaking about something in the future that a person can look to confidently. There is a strong and sound basis for it. There is very good reason to believe that it will take place. I want you to know, I want your eyes to be opened so that you would understand more and more the hope of your calling the hope of uh, your uh, calling. There's this story of someone a long time ago who visited the head of some seminary in the U.S. And uh, this person came into the office of the head of the seminary. The head of the seminary had a number of pictures on his wall. This visitor was curious about two particular pictures. You know, you see a picture of someone with other people, you understand this is some kind of occasion. And you might ask, who are these people? Who are these occasions? What was this occasion? But the visitor was curious about two pictures in particular. Why was he curious about them? Because these two pictures were pictures of what? Desert. You know, land which was sandy mostly, rocky to some extent, stretching out to a horizon and blue sky. Nobody standing in the picture. And another picture next to it, the same thing. The same thing. And so the visitor asked the head of this uh, seminary, he asked him, what are those two pictures? The head of the seminary told him, I had the opportunity some time ago to visit the Middle East. I had the opportunity to go to Ur of the Chaldees, Ur al-Kiltaniyin. 
One of these pictures is the view from Ur of the Chaldees looking north. The other picture is the view from Ur of the Chaldees looking west. Desert. Some sand and some rocky terrain, perhaps some ups and downs, nothing, barren, desolate, lifeless. Now the Lord said unto Abraham, who we know more as Abraham, get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house. All right. And where did he live in Ur of the Chaldees? And what did he see as he looked out in that direction? He saw nothingness. All right. Either towards the north or towards uh, the west. Get thee out of thy country, from thy kindred, from thy father's house. Get thee out of this city, an important city of the time. All right. Some people say, oh yeah, Abraham lived in tents because he was a Bedouin. No, he wasn't a Bedouin. He was a city dweller. He wasn't accustomed to living in tents. Leave your kindred, leave your uh, father's house, leave your country, and go out into this barren, desolate waste. Because there is what? Because there is a hope of your calling. Because I will make you a great nation. And because I will bless you. And because I will make your name great. And because you will be a blessing. And because I will bless them who bless you. And curse them who curse you. And in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Children, descendants, a seed becoming a great nation. Blessings, a great name. And all to be blessed through him. Alright? None of this was apparent to the senses. But God's promises regarding the future gave Abraham a sure and steadfast hope. The hope of his uh, calling. Hebrews chapter 11 and beginning with verse 8. By faith Abraham, when he was called out, when he was called to go into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance obeyed, and he went out not knowing. Not knowing where he went. And by faith he sojourned in the land of promise, as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. Because, you see, he understood that it was not just about a land, but he understood that it was about something yet to come, much greater than a land, because he looked for a city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. He left not knowing where he was going. All his life he dwelt in tents, a pilgrim, a sojourner upon this earth. And the Bible uses Abraham as a picture of believers, as an example uh, of a faith. There is a hope in God's calling. And this hope makes the believer know 
that he should be separate from the world, that he should come out of the world. Not that he should live on top of a column or in the wilderness somewhere. That's not what Abraham did. That's not what the Bible calls us uh, to. This hope should make the believer know that he is passing through this world and on a journey to his eternal home. To his uh, eternal home. The city that is yet to come. Uh, You are dead and your life is hid with Christ in God. uh, Hid from the world, uh, from natural thinking, from the ordinary way that people look at things. Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. The hope of his calling. Uh, If we look at our passage, a very rich passage, what we read. Verse 3, all uh, all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Uh, Verses 4 and 5, God's predestination, his love from eternity past. Verse 5 speaks of adoption. Verse 6 speaks of a purpose and acceptance. Verse 7 speaks of redemption and forgiveness. Verse 9 says that he has made known to us uh, his will. Verse 11 Uh, an inheritance. Verse 14, the presence and continual indwelling of the Holy Spirit. These are some of the things mentioned in the uh, passage. Uh, In the passage, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you would know and remember and appreciate these things more and more, that you would know and understand that you are under the protection uh, of God Uh, The Lord uh, is my helper. Uh, I will not fear what man shall say unto me. I will never leave you uh, nor uh, forsake you. The Lord is my rock and my fortress, my deliverer, my strength, my buckler, the horn of my salvation, and my high tower. He is my refuge and my strength. He that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Do me a little favor. I don't often ask people to do this. Can you kind of run your fingers through your hair for me just a little bit like that? Do you know how many hairs you just touched? Do you know? God knows. God knows. Because the hairs of your heads are numbered. Are numbered. And not one little bird falls to the ground without your heavenly Father. Someone has said the believer expects a stormy journey. But because Christ is pilot and captain, we will reach the harbor at last. The believer expects, as we were seeing earlier this morning, that there are sufferings, but there is also strength. Uh, There is trial, but there is also uh, triumph. The eternal God is your refuge. Underneath are the everlasting arms. We know that all things work together for good to them that love God. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. When the time comes that this earthly house 
uh, is dissolved, Second Corinthians 5.1, there is a building of God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. Come ye blessed of my Father, inherit the foundation, inherit the kingdom, excuse me, prepared for you from the foundation of the world. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. Now we are the sons of God. It does not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. As he is. The believer hopes and looks for that day when he will be free from sin, holy and perfect in the likeness of Christ. And the body also will be uh, resurrected. Uh, uh, we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Philippians 3, he will change our vile body, fashion it like his glorious body, according to the uh, working with which he is able to subdue even all things unto himself. It is sown in corruption, it is raised in incorruption. It is sown in dishonor, it is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness, it is raised in power. In power. The believer looks for and hopes for the words of his Savior. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord, eternal joy. In your presence is fullness uh, of joy. The hope of your calling is things of this nature, and not for a certain period of time, but eternally, because the Lord says that I have loved you with an everlasting love. My mercy is from everlasting to everlasting. The calling of God and the gifts of God, the Bible says, are without repentance. In other words, he will not change. These things are ours. Through Christ, through his blood, through our Savior, as our passage says, all spiritual blessings in Christ Jesus accepted uh, in the uh, beloved uh, verse uh, 6. The hope of your calling to understand it more and more and the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. Remember, the saints, not some spiritual elite as some uh, think, not a subset who have special positions and special privileges, and somehow these are uh, accessible to others. Uh, that is, of course, not what the Bible teaches. People can teach what they want. The Bible teaches uh, the truth. The, the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. Now, watch out for the following. It is his inheritance. All right? Now, the Bible speaks of us having an inheritance as well, but here it is speaking of his inheritance. Remember that all things belong to the Lord. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. The beast uh, of the forest is mine, the cattle on a thousand hills. All things are his by right, since he is God. All things are his by creation. He made them. And yet, he regards his children as his special inheritance. 
as a special portion. If you will obey my voice, Exodus 19, keep my covenant, you will be a peculiar treasure unto me above all people. For the earth, for all the earth is mine. All the earth is mine. But you will be a peculiar treasure uh, to me. And you will be unto me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. You'll be what? You'll be unto me. My inheritance. Uh, the Lord's portion is his people. Deuteronomy 32 and verse uh, 9. Psalm 135 and verse 4. The Lord has chosen Jacob unto himself and Israel for his peculiar treasure. Malachi chapter 3 and verse 17. They shall be mine, says the Lord of hosts, in that day when I make up my jewels. As far as the believer is, uh, uh, as far as the Lord Jesus is concerned, the believers are the riches of his glory. The riches of his uh, glory. He has spent on them and given to them and continues to give and will give eternally the greatest love. The greatest uh, uh, love. In chapter 3, Paul prays at the end of uh, the chapter uh, that uh, the believers would know what? Uh, that, would know, that they would know the love of God which passes all knowledge. Know uh, the breadth and the length and the depth and the height of this love and be filled with all the fullness uh, of, uh, of God. The riches of his uh, glory on them. He has spent his love on them. He has spent his, his wisdom, his wisdom, a plan from eternity uh, past. Romans 11, verse 33, the depths, oh, the depths of the riches, both of the wisdom and the knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. For who has known the mind of the Lord, or who has been his counselor, who has first given unto him that it shall be recompensed unto him again. Of him, through him, to him are all things. To whom be glory forever. Amen. The Lord has spent on his children his sufferings upon the cross. Many were astonished. His visage was so marred more than any man and his form more than the sons of men. More than the sons of men. The Lord Jesus did not spend his blood on angels. He spent his blood on his children, on uh, his children. The life which I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. The riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. The Bible says that the Lord will perfect that which concerns his children. Psalm 138 and verse 8. Second uh, Thessalonians 1.10 When he comes to be glorified, not by his saints. doesn't say by his saints. Uh, it says when he comes to be glorified in his saints. And to be admired in all that believe. By the time that the Lord is done with the believer, the believer will be a masterpiece. A trophy of grace. To the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. The riches of his inheritance in the saints. Uh, to take an ugly piece of stone and turn it into some magnificent sculpture. For me, that is 
well, almost a miracle. Not a miracle, but in the sense that I, myself, could never imagine that I would do it. Like almost an impossibility as far as I am concerned. Uh, as far as I am concerned. But God's work in his children is a far greater work. Because he takes us from the ruin of death, the ruin of sin, the ruin of the fall, and he brings many sons, the Bible says, many sons unto glory. And he is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding, uh, with exceeding uh, joy. Uh, with exceeding joy, the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. Uh, Matthew chapter 13. Remember those two little parables? Now I know that people think of them uh, in another way. Let's read Matthew chapter 13 and verses 44, 45, and 46. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field, which when a man has found, he hides. And for the joy of it goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. The kingdom of heaven is like a merchant man seeking fine pearls, who when he, was found, when he found one pearl of great price, he went and he sold all that he had and bought it. Now the Lord Jesus didn't interpret these parables for us. People think of them in different ways. I want to acknowledge that. I believe that the one who sold all the one who gave all is the Lord Jesus Christ. Is the Lord uh, Jesus Christ. He went and he sold all that he had to buy that field and specifically that treasure. He went and sold all that he had to buy that pearl of great price. Who is that treasure? Who is that pearl? If you are God's child, you are that treasure, and you are that pearl. The riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, in the saints. The one who inherits all things, the one who deserves all things, the one who should be glorified in all things, will be glorified most of all, in his children, and in the work that he has finished in their lives. When he comes to be glorified in his saints and admired in them that believe. People do all things, all sorts of things, to preserve and maintain and watch over a certain inheritance that they have, right? I mean, what the prodigal son did was unwise, right? Wasting stuff in riotous living. People generally don't do that. They rather watch over and protect and keep their inheritance. You are the inheritance of Christ. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you might know the hope of his calling and the riches of the glory of his inheritance and the saints. We could go on to the exceeding greatness of his power towards you who believe, 
according to the power which did what? Which raised Christ from the dead, and not just raised him from the dead, but raised him from the dead to heavenly places, far above all principality and power. And, uh, and power. The power of the bomb that exploded. And now we're on a list. We've got, you remember, Hiroshima and Nagasaki ahead of us. Uh, one fears that the Lebanese competitive spirit will try to figure out how to reach the top of the list. Uh, 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 how to reach uh, the top uh, uh, of the list. Uh, if people measure power, it is, it is uh, you know, something that you can speak of. The power that was released in a certain explosion. But somehow we have a talent, and especially in Lebanon, but maybe this is true in other places. This is a power to do what? A power to destroy. The exceeding greatness of his power, which did what? Which raised Jesus from the dead and set him at his right hand, at his right hand in heavenly places, and you with him. Because the Bible says that he has blessed us in, with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places, in Christ Jesus. So in some sense, we are with him there. He is the head, and we are the body, and there is that connection. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened. It is possible to look around in various situations and not to have, as you look at this world, it is possible to look around and have not that much hope. The eyes of your understanding be enlightened, being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your servant Paul. We thank you for the Ephesian believers and for this part of your word. As we think of Paul, we think that he could have prayed for these believers whom he loved and among whom he served. He could have prayed for them with regard to many different things. And yet, it seems that he prayed first that their eyes would be open more and more to know the hope of their calling and the riches of the inheritance of Christ, which is his children and the exceeding greatness of his power to them that believe. Help us also to have eyes which are opened more and more to see these things, to be encouraged and strengthened as we see them, and to bring this hope to others, hope in a hopeless world, to bring this hope unto others so that you may 
draw many sons unto glory. Make us, Lord, to see things which others do not see, to see him who is invisible, to be guided by your truth and your word as we journey through this world, pilgrims and sojourners, on the way to a fulfillment of the heavenly calling. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.